clang everything today. Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting mistakes were made. My name's Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the birthday girl is in the house, Kristen Pennington. <laughs> we don't have any show notes today. We don't really have a goal. This is Kristen's birthday podcast. We're going to drink beers. We're going to hang out and talk about whatever comes to mind. So how does it feel? Another year older. Another year going by. Yeah, like I'm old. <laughs> we'll make I blew do. out a candle on a cake earlier today Hell though, yeah. I can't remember the last time I did that So that was fun <laughs> Saying happy birthday in pig Latin uh-huh. I, I didn't <laughs> <laughs> No, it was good I really enjoyed it um, I don't think Weird personal moment Just go ahead and get that out of the way At the beginning of the podcast mm-hmm. I don't think Um I haven't been homesick yet since we got here, and I didn't really mm-hmm. expect to like be homesick right away or anything like that, because um, I didn't. I never felt at home in yeah. Tennessee ever, even though I grew up there and spent my whole life there. Um, so I didn't really expect to feel homesick or anything like that, and I don't currently feel homesick, but I didn't expect to feel weirdly lonely. Like mm-hmm. as we got closer to the holidays, yeah, and um, like things have been great here we're like getting out and exploring town like we're i feel like both happier in our jobs i know every job has its good (laughs) days and its bad days but i feel like it's probably better than being screamed at by meth heads in a pawn shop (laughs) (laughs) done a lot worse for a lot less (laughs) so lots of positive things and like really like enjoying being here and stuff so i didn't expect to be kind of floored all of a sudden with like feeling strangely lonely even though yeah. I'm not alone um so today was kind of nice yeah I felt weirdly again I guess for lack of a better word lonely mm-hmm. uh, as my birthday kept getting closer and then you and I went and like kind of had our own celebration yesterday and then today we went and um kind of explored town drove and drove up on a mountain saw a really kick-ass location that yeah. I don't know that I necessarily want to disclose. Don't give case, it away. <laughs> in case we can find a way to use it, but it was cool. Yeah. Abandoned things are cool. <laughs> <laughs> Abandoned. So, it was so fucking quiet up yeah. there, too. And um, that side of town had recently gotten dusted with snow, so everything kind of had just like mm-hmm. a nice, soft splash of snow on it so it was really pretty all the puddles um, were iced over yeah. <laughs> and then i was weirdly sad that i didn't have my yeah. camera when you crunched the top layer of ice on the one pedal i was like that would have been such a cool shot <laughs> and the sound of the ice cracking under your feet and then the splashing water we have to bring your camera with us when we go out on those drives mm-hmm, for sure because yeah that was immediately where my brain went i was like i don't know where i would use it but that would have been a cool close-up <laughs> Um, but yeah, we did that and then we went and did, um, dinner with Brett's family yeah. today and yeah, they made me a cake and you put got, a candle on it. And you I, got a little birthday present. I did. I got a little homemade birthday present. <laughs> it was really cute. <laughs> so that was nice. So not super thrilled to be another year older. Yeah. But today was fun. Well, what was the big lesson that you took away from the past year? Give your keynote address. <laughs> we stand um, here today yet another year older well um i don't know if that's what they say <laughs> last year was my 30th birthday like yeah. I, I turned 31 today um and 
you know, people do the whole dirty 30, like it's a big milestone birthday or whatever. And I, I hadn't felt like I had accomplished really anything super big for myself, I guess, leading up to my 30th birthday. So I felt weirdly self-conscious about that. I was, um, on the brink of graduating college. Like I was definitely going to graduate college. So I wasn't worried about that or anything, but I felt self-conscious about being 30 Mm -hmm. and just then graduating college and not really having gotten any traction in my career. Um, you and I had, hadn't started the podcast yet, right? By then? No. I don't know. Because we started it this year. We started it when I got back from England. Yeah. So we hadn't started the podcast yet at that point. Um, we had done the dolls for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we had already worked, started working on Ziggy. Yeah. Um, that would have been right in the middle of yeah. it. Yeah. So I had done things to be proud of for sure, but I felt like for having hit such a milestone birthday, I hadn't personally really accomplished anything major. Mm-hmm. So um, going into my 31st birthday, it's kind of nice because now we have, um, you know, we've been doing the podcast for closing in on. Uh, probably more like half a year now. Um, and you and I have moved across the country. Like, yeah. all these big life changes have happened. So, like, finding the courage at 30 to embrace life more fully mm-hmm. um, kind of made this birthday, I guess, less scary. Because every year that you get older after a certain age, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I didn't For me, feel it was when I turned three and I was like, oh, the rest of this is just going to hurt. <laughs> well, I felt this like incredible dread about my 30th birthday just because yeah. it's like, shit, I'm no longer in my 20s. And um, yeah, I didn't feel that about this one. It was just like, oh, what, you know, 31, mm-hmm. whatever. I, I did a lot of things this year to be proud of. So that was kind of nice, I guess, like feeling like it was a year well spent. Yeah. What are your plans between thirty one and thirty two? What's in the what's in the books? Future Kristen? Definitely at least another short film for sure. Maybe uh-huh. try to tackle something a little longer. Um, continuing to take over the world with the podcast. Low India guy. <laughs> uh, we do have stats for that now. I gotta start keeping track of that stuff, like what states we're in and stuff, because we have picked up some new ones. So we were originally before we moved and made this transition doing shout outs to new states. So if you're a new listener and I haven't shouted out to you, still appreciate yeah. you. We just didn't have stats for you for go, a while. Go subscribe and give us a review, my guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, bigger, better things. Like I, don't, I don't have any set specific goals in mind, but accomplishing more things that I want to do for myself, for sure. It's interesting how you say something that you felt proud of and it made you feel more secure i think that's really important mm-hmm. like have those goals actualized and when you know things are rolling in the right direction even if it's tough i mean it's been stressful as fuck around here um feeling proud of yourself that yeah it's massive and like knowing that it was something that I did for myself versus because somebody else wanted me to or I felt like I was supposed to or whatever. Like, it it does make you feel a stronger personal sense of accomplishment because it was like that was a thing that I wanted that I made happen. So it is... It makes the next year less scary. Hell yeah. (laughs) 
What are what are your goals? You're going to be in your final year of your 20s on your next birthday. Well, we'll uh, get there on May 3rd. Uh, you guys can hear my birthday revelations in a couple of months. I'm into 28. I am, I'm grinding like a motherfucker at 28. <laughs> Time I 31. Shit's in the bag, so it's, it's over. Be a legend. <laughs> Ooh, I have one. Um... You have a goal for me? No. Oh, I thought well, you were coming it, up with goals for me to accomplish. It involves you, I guess. I was like, slow down, lady. Let me find some first. <laughs> it involves you, I guess. But no, by 32, um, we will have an official sponsor that we're... There we go. Reading Brett's ridiculous version of whatever that sponsorship <laughs> is. Ban Montana beer. <laughs> and then, me undies. Reach out to me. <laughs> Come on, me undies. I can do it. Me undies. I'll just do it all in that one voice. Belgian white, blue moon. <laughs> I'm betraying the Montana beers tonight. Yeah, well, it's the bastard of drinking seasonal ales. Like, if you really fall in love with the beer, but it's only going to be around for four months. Yeah, apparently Huck it's seasonal, I guess, because the huckleberries, yeah. I guess, probably are out of season right now. I'm sure that this goes, that my fire, or dragon's breath is probably one of those that when it warms up, there won't be around. But... Probably, because it does kind of have a weird spice, like... yeah. Christmas beer taste to it. <laughs> so if Ban Montana Beer wants to send me like 18 cases uh, so I can get through the weekend. <laughs> Highlander though is still serving strawberry wheat and strawberries are definitely out of season right now. So We might have to go over to the Big Sky and big see sky. if they've got your Huck it. Step up your game. I want my Huck it. Huck <laughs> <laughs> it. Mm, so. It's your uh, birthday podcast. You had a goal. <laughs> Sponsorships. We got there. <laughs> uh, Brad accomplished a super exciting thing today, too. Uh, your video game. <laughs> I finally beat through the career mode and mm-hmm. then started another one because I need mindless tasks sometimes. Now you're kicking ass as Tyson. Oh, I am. I got to unlock the Mike Tyson character. And... <laughs> I mean, I don't feel proud of it. <laughs> not excited that I spent hours playing my little UFC game and I could have been doing something productive, but I did finish a game for like the first time since Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> I'm proud of you for actually sitting down and unwinding a little bit more since we've gotten here, because yeah. that is not a you thing. No, it's not. You do not unwind. I play video games in 30-minute stretches, and then I get pissed off or bored, and I'll just sit in silence listening to a podcast or write something or draw something or go on mindless drives to nowhere and yeah a little more fun here though yes i'm a bit less manic (laughs) since we moved out this way it's just quieter it's happier i'm still very manic but i'm less so (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah no i but i I do enjoy the weird nowhere drives especially out here Mm. because we weren't sure that we were going to be able to find seeper seeper Super secret cool location yeah, today. Super secret cool location. And uh, we were just like, "Fuck it, let's go for a drive." <laughs> Found it because Brett's sense of direction is—it's ungodly, unheard of. Yeah. If but, I ever get kidnapped and taken to a location and escape, I can definitely figure out where I was being held. <laughs> Even I, if they blindfold you, I'd be a problem for people. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, they got El Daddy. Fuck you, Al Baghdadi! We're not going to talk about politics on my birthday. They killed the ISIS leader. I mean, sure, they're just going to replace him because it's like the Hydra. 
Okay. No politics. Not on the birthday podcast. No, because okay. you, tr- you tried to <laughs> do politics last night too at the bar. <laughs> I didn't. Other people were actively doing it. I kept asking permission. Can I go talk to no. these gentlemen? No. <laughs> you thought you were going to form a little libertarian community and turns out they were not libertarian. No, they were just hardcore Trump supporters. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that dude's making a lot of interesting points. And then like, as he kept talking, I was like, "He's that's a violation of the nap. Like, you can't do that. That's a whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> we have no show notes. We were not no, prepared. No, it was, it's your birthday show. We're drinking so beer. Settle in. You're putting all the pressure on me. I am. Um, shoot, this will come out after. I was going to say the next Art of Wargaming episode comes out Monday, but this yeah. will not come out So it Monday. came out last Monday. Yeah. And you guys may have noticed that we didn't have a show on Tuesday uh, for this one to come out. We tried. We best, did record something. Best but intentions. Yeah, if you've ever listened to uh, the audio tape of 9-11, for example, and it just sounds bad at the beginning and just gets gradually worse as people keep screaming, that's what that episode turned into. <laughs> we were going to do like a big three-part like breakdown of like how the carry we may still do it yeah um for the firefly not after work yeah that's a more in-depth episode yeah that's something we need to sit down with and like map out a lot better than we did which i kind of would like to start doing that though i mean not necessarily for every episode by any means but like the two star tuesday episodes um our episodes we spend a little bit more time on because you know first of all we have to watch the movie and then Brett and I independently kind of sit down and talk about it. And then and we do our own research on it. Yeah. And, and then we do the show. So it'd just be kind of nice to have like, like that one, for instance, is a, a three parter, like a more in depth discussion about mm-hmm. a series or a thing or whatever. Not like regularly, but okay. Siri's trying to. Sorry. I missed. Oh. They heard me talking about Al Baghdadi. Now the goddamn government's <laughs> coming for us. That's weird. My Siri just turned herself on and my phone was locked and she's not supposed to turn herself on. You know what it is? Locked. It's a sign. It's a sign of the techno industrial society. In no, Montreal. that's weird though, because like she doesn't. Yeah, I know it's weird. This is. I, I, 1984 is right over there. He had to go right in the corner in a journal that he had to get on the black market because the government was listening to everything that he was saying. Now it's happening on our podcast live. She doesn't come on if it's locked, though. And it's she she does now. And she just brought, like turned herself on. Dear NSA, this is a podcast. <laughs> we are making jokes. <laughs> that was bizarre. <laughs> um, shoot. No, oh, yeah. Bring uh, from hell. I was like, I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. Um, but yeah, not, not regularly, just because that's a bit more work. But it would be kind of nice to do a couple of segments here and there where we kind of explore something a little more in depth. So if you guys are into that kind of stuff. Yeah reach out let me know we could do whole series on things you know Mm -hmm. like two or three part episodes even if we wanted to do like a deep deep dive into how like certain like we watched um they lived the other day Mm -hmm. um which i've never seen Kristen had never seen i was familiar with the concept Kristen had no idea what was about to hit her and um it, it would be interesting to like watch a couple of Carpenter films and like see how he grew as a director and a writer and stuff, uh, what he kept with. And we did a few of those with like Wes Craven, but nothing in depth. And we also kind of broke those up individually, mm-hmm. like we did. Shoot, how many Carpenter things did we talk about? I know we did Halloween, Scream, Scream is Wes Craven. Oh shoot! Wow. 
<laughs> My bad. <laughs> John Carpenter did Halloween. They uh, live. Um, don't come after me. <laughs> that was my bad. It's been I'm a long. Coming right over this table. Long weekend. No, you're allowed to confuse Carpenter and Craven. I feel like those guys were constantly with one another. <laughs> Two very iconic filmmakers mm-hmm. too, and they're right. At least I didn't confuse someone who sucked with someone who's good. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. <laughs> but yeah, we we you did it with Craven. Um, but yeah, but every time we've talked about something like that, it's been like a single work. So I just think it'd be kind of fun to like take a week to deep dive on something a little more intense. I'm down. We should definitely do that. We got to go watch all those old films that we could do it with Hitchcock. We could do it with, you know, doing it with writers would take us a a dick load of time. (laughs) Like, I can probably hold my own in a conversation about Cormac McCarthy's writing style, but that would take you six months to get caught up. That <laughs> <laughs> we research have to for do a individual single hour. works. Yeah. We've uh, discussed adding like an hour at the end of our day to kind of read a book together, which yeah. will mostly just be Brett reading to me because <laughs> he doesn't like my reading voice. <laughs> Kristen likes my voice. I don't know why. I do why. like your voice. But it, it doesn't matter what I'm reading. It lulls her into a soft, soft silence. She likes the way I read. You don't like the way I read, though, so sad. But, um, yeah, we've discussed implementing, like, an hour at the end of our day to read a book. So maybe we could do a deep dive into whatever book we're reading. There, but that, that would be a good idea. Do that with Moby Dick. Nobody's ever discussed that in depth. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. (laughs) I'm good on that one. I think I'll pass on that one. (laughs) So guys, you're never going to believe this. The whale is fucking huge. (laughs) Captain Ahab, super pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) That book is so thick though. If we did that, like if we like literally just spent an hour a night reading it, we'd be reading that book for months. Yeah. (laughs) That book is so big. It's massive, but it is widely considered the greatest American novel ever written, so I think we owe it the attention it deserves. <laughs> I feel like I'll just say I'll read that on my own and then never read that so on my own. So that's my concern, and that's why it has not left the nightstand, because I'm like, if I, even if you don't want to read Moby Dick, I need to read Moby Dick. It's a challenge I've set before You myself. can read it to me. I'm probably not going to read yeah. it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> just be glad I'm not driving you down the road of Charles Dickens or anything like that. Want to you know curl up on the couch and read the Tale of Two Cities? It's we like, did no, a, uh, attempt an Agatha Christie one day when I had a really bad migraine before we moved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like Agatha Christie, but it, it, I I don't know. I, I don't. I've not read enough of her to really be upset with her. But her writing style isn't that great. Well, I like liked the, her. The stories are good, but like the I, I don't know. I, don't I liked her. Like when I was in school, still having to do like AR points and stuff like that. And I feel like, and I'm not familiar, super familiar with a lot of her work either. So maybe I'm being a little unfair. Um, maybe she's got just a great book out there that I haven't read, but I feel like that's she's kind a of... a legend. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure she is. But um, I feel like her writing's that writing. Like yeah. it's the really good book you're reading in high school. Kind of, Yeah. <laughs> And Maybe. then, as an adult, probably not what you're reading. Well, the stories are brilliant. Like, the mysteries are really fun. Um, but it's written in that, like, kind of bland... I don't know how to describe it. Almost like 
English soap opera feel where it's, you know, like hazy and, you know. Well, we were reading the Orient Express. No. Um, like, all I can remember right now is the original title, and that's definitely not. The, and um, then there was one. Yes. Yeah. I had to go through the. Uh, the, the original title had the N-word in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, don't. don't. Who's the Orient Express by? Oh, not, not relevant. Yeah. The book takes place on a train, though, right? Yeah, the Orient Express takes place on a train. No, and then there was no, one. No, that one takes place at, like, a house party. Oh, shoot. Wow. Man, my memory sucks. <laughs> I am butchering this. I just remember we introduced a whole... Maybe one of them was riding on a train. That's what it was. One of the that characters was riding on a train. That's why I think of the train. We introduced a whole shitload of characters, like, in the first, like, mm-hmm. 30 minutes that you were reading to me. And I was just like, I don't remember any of these people. Yeah. Like, it's all gone already. <laughs> there was nothing distinct about any of them. Yeah, you gotta keep your character list small. I think it was really well done, like, when King did It, and he had, like, ten characters, and he was working them all very well. Um, but there was a weird period. Like, it's very hard to do, and maybe that's my frustration with her. She's like, well, I need all these people to, you know, make this very complex mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, you add all those people, and it's kind of like the first time you watch The Godfather. Where you're like, how is Sonny related again? Who is this Fredo kid? Well, it makes me think of, did you ever see the movie Clue? Like the board game Clue I did that not, they had? No. Okay, so they made a movie of it, and to me it was kind of a similar vibe to the Agatha Christie book we were reading, which, to be fair, I have not read that book, so maybe after <laughs> the first chapter or whatever it changes drastically, but um, the movie Clue is kind of silly but fun. Mm-hmm. Um so they all show up to this dinner party at this house or whatever, and literally just like the board game, somebody dies off, and then it's yeah. all a mystery, and all these random characters are scrambling around trying to figure it out, and the whole movie's like, oh, who's the bad guy, and where did it happen, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of made me feel that way. It was like all these ass load of characters are all like yeah. conglomerating at this house, and I'm like, I cannot keep you people straight. There are mm. so many of you. <laughs> like, if I didn't know and they clue... all kind of have to come across shallow in that genre. Yeah. Because if you have one person's... <clears throat> If you have one person's true perspective, then you know that they're not the guilty yeah. one. <coughs> the Clue movie was fun, but if I didn't know Clue the board game, that would have been like the exact same, like, who the fuck are all these characters? <laughs> Come on, Colonel Mustard, get your shit together. <laughs> it's a weird, we gotta see if we can find it. It's a weird, fun, older movie. It's, it's, I, I loved the board game as a kid. It's <laughs> absurd as a movie, though. <laughs> mm. Did you ever play that as a kid? Clue? There's that too oh, PG for your, no, your childhood. I played that the last time I went over to England to have Christmas with the family. Like we played that all night. Like, clue all day. That was a fun. That's probably my favorite board game growing up. I need to come up with a more violent version. Yeah, that's what I said. Is it too PG for you? Yeah. I need like a triple X, like Miss Plum's getting her ass eaten in the laundromat yeah. or some shit like that. Couldn't have just stuck with. It's like, Blood oh no, guts. I found this pile of intestines near the laundromat. <laughs> the last person who was here was Mrs. Plum. <laughs> <laughs> Who was eating Mrs. Plum's ass in the laundromat? <laughs> Why do you do this to me? <laughs> there will never ever be a, a, a PG episode of The Nightmare Box. No, 
normal there'll be a PG episode of Mistakes Were Made, which is the title of the podcast we're on right now. Uh, no, I, well, I meant of anything we oh, produce. Oh, no, well, never, no. It, it, the art of wargaming is attempting to be PG, but uh, nothing we yeah. collectively ever produce will no, fall into that category. It's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> So what do you guys want to do for a college film? It's like, I want to rape and murder children. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you just want to uh, shoot yourself in the foot in this whole career situation? Like, before you even get out of the classroom? Yeah, whatever. And I'm constantly like, now the nightmare box does not endorse. <laughs> That's just what she says on the microphone. Like, Kristen is all about raping and murdering oh, kids. yeah. In my spare time, that's... You know, really, that's what I wanted to do for my birthday. That's but what I wanted to do for to a degree, but they don't have a cake. piece of paper for this. Like, do I get my bachelor's degree? And... You're making genocide? people horribly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what your degree is in. <laughs> how far can I push this? It's creative writing. Her? I did it, you know. That's how I introduced myself to Aurora. Arroyo. <laughs> it's like Aurora. Aurora. <laughs> Adding some flair to his name. Yeah. And he's like, all right, go write a, your first flash fiction. You got like a paragraph and a half. You got to tell a whole story. And I opened it up with, they used to call it a an N-word stick. Thank you for censoring that. But I guess you, I did not use N-word stick. I used the word because yeah. it's in quotes. So it's not me saying it. It's the dialogue of a character. What was the first class you ever had for him? Because it wasn't the flash fiction class. Uh, I think it was short story. What was the first story you ever turned in? Do you remember? Mm-mm. It was probably an early rendition of, I, I can't remember if it's up on the website still or not, but the one where the cam girl gets the mail bomb. Mm. I think it was an early attempt at that. So he's known you were a little, oh, yeah. a little fucked up from day one. Yeah, from the second he met me. I think we kind of clicked on that. He's like, I see what you're trying to do here. And I like that was like his first thing where it's like, oh, you're trying to be edgy. And it's like, no, Brett's brain's just broken. And he's not trying to freak you out. He just. That's what he likes to think about in his spare time. Yeah, it, I fall asleep to true crime podcasts. <laughs> not like funny true crime podcasts where they're like, oh, and then. He looked in the window, and then he killed her. No, it's like, and then he eviscerated her and ate parts of her colon. And I will forever be traumatized by the last podcast Gein episode that you made me listen to, because I think that was one of the first ones of theirs you ever introduced me to, and it was like, oh, here's a vagina belt yeah. or whatever. <laughs> he had a box of vulvas, a belt made of nipples. Yeah. I think that was one of the first episodes you made me yeah. listen to of theirs, and I was just like, Laying next to me in bed, like your first night spending the night, and you're like, oh, this is going to be deeply romantic. And it's like, no, it's Brett's going to listen to. No, I think that was because it was definitely before we moved in together. And I think that was like when we were still kind of like having our. uh, We would kind of do like these date night things where we would listen to stuff or watch stuff simultaneously, but. In our own homes, because yeah. we had school or work or whatever. We would the next three, day. two, one each other. You guys want to get really cute out there? <laughs> we'll time up the mistakes were made podcast with your significant other, and then listen to it together and text each other. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny joke. Did you hear what Brett had to say this week about eviscerating children? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was that one i think i was at home like working on homework or something you were mm-hmm. like hey you want to do a podcast and then we three two one and then we got into it and i was just kind of like holy hell 
<laughs> Who the you fuck listen have... to in your spare time? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you're still like listening to the radio pop that you like. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like feeling I like safe Coke, in my home. Coca Cola. I like Coca Cola. No, when we started uh, doing Two Star Tuesdays, uh, that was well. I guess that was kind of how Zombievers came about, but that was like a conversation we had. I was like, yeah, I enjoy cheesy B horror and sci-fi <laughs> films. And I meant like I turn on the sci-fi channel and you watch those really silly yeah. movies. Robot and Brett... <laughs> obviously made out of cardboard. <laughs> and Brett was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, slow your roll. Well, that's one of those things that always bugs me. People are like, I love horror films. And I'm like, hey, you don't. You, you, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like that lady at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I have a list of films that I will never watch again because they fucked me up. And if I sat you, that you wouldn't last five minutes into a Serbian film. <laughs> it's one of the most deeply fucked up things I've ever seen. I've watched it for that purpose. Cannibal Holocaust, you're not going to eat dinner and watch the Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, I don't think you've ever told me about that one. That one got uh, people standing in front of a judge. They had to... There's a famous scene in the Cannibal Holocaust where one of the girls has been kidnapped by the Cannibal Tribe, and she gets impaled by a big stake that goes up her asshole and out her mouth. Ow. And it looks so real on the film that they had to bring... They, they charged everybody with attempted murder. Or murder. I was like, like you yeah. would die from that. You wouldn't live. <laughs> I don't know why I said attempted. <laughs> like they charged like everybody with murder and had them standing in front of a judge, and they had to call the actress as a witness to go, "Hey, I didn't die on set." Like, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, it's fucked up. I I I, I grew up on. Like, Is it an older like, movie? Yeah, it's from like the seventies okay. or something. Because I was like, I feel like it's still pretty intense. Well, yeah. I mean, either way, I feel like. Um, cinema has advanced so much like the blood and gore and violence is mm-hmm. relatively realistic on or realistic looking on bigger budget films like the lower budget films it's still kind of iffy but yeah. I was like it's got to be an older film for them to have been like there's no way you faked that <laughs> the thing I hate more than anything is people are like yeah I love horror and I'm like oh really because I get excited when people tell me that and I'm like what's your favorite movie and they're like oh I like paranormal activity it's like why don't you go fuck your mother why don't you go to be do that? fair when we had take your dick and you cock slap your grandmother's corpse <laughs> to be fair when we had that conversation I told you I liked bad horror films <laughs> and bad sci-fi films I specified low budget cheesy ones <laughs> what'd you think of They Live it was a little silly like the concept was really cool and yeah. I'm kind of sad that it which it's an older movie too um, to be fair so for the time I might have been really impressed with it but I'm a little sad that they executed it the way that they did because I feel like the idea was so cool yeah. that it could have been that cool. fight scene though Five minutes, 20 seconds. Because they really wanted to duke it out. Rowdy Roddy Piper beating up a black dude. The black dude beating him up. Then nobody's face gets swollen. Well, in the immediate aftermath, they look fine. And then later that night at the hotel, they look like shit. And the next morning, they're conveniently completely healed back up again. But yeah, I think... uh, And I guess it was probably written that way. I'm sure they didn't make up the... Or the actor playing the lead role probably didn't ad-lib all those lines, so the script was probably legitimately written that way. But I think the main actor was so cheesy for me. It was like, man, this was a cool concept, and then this dude's a dipshit. (laughs) Roddy Piper. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
There's came a... here to chew bubble, kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. It was a neat idea, though. What did you think of it? I liked it, but it was fun. You know, that's about, it, it wasn't scary. No, not at all. The, again, the concept was brilliant. I'd love to see it redone. Um, but I look at that kind of like the way I'd look at like the reanimator, if you've ever seen the reanimator. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I don't want to like butcher the whole plot of it, so I'm not even going to go into it. But um, that one is another killer concept, and just because of what they had available at the time, it it's just a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It's like a cult classic, you know. Yeah, I feel like a lot of older horror films that try to, like, go all in with, like, the action or the blood or whatever are the ones that never seem to hold up because That's why I love The Last House on the left. <laughs> that or, one's got its corny scenes. The cops and the chickens are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like, Jaws, for instance. Yeah. Like, they knew the shark looked bad the shark kept breaking down so they cut out a lot of the scenes that you actually see the shark and just reshot it you know from perspective of the shark and that's a movie that's still kind of creepy to this day the original jaws is next level Mm -hmm. because he's only in the movie for the very end of the movie Mm -hmm. you only see him for like three minutes or Mm -hmm. whatever it is um that's where all the sequels got fucked because after you show the shark, then you feel the need to show the shark every five seconds, and yeah. you know, then Jaws isn't scary anymore because you can tell it's just like a propelled fin in the shallow end of mm-hmm. a pool. You're like, ah, you showed your hand, <laughs> saw think, your game. I think that's why a lot of older horror films don't stand up because they try to actually do the effects, and mm-hmm. then like you were like Last House is. It's, Legit, just a deranged It's just a rape dude. revenge movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so, simplicity, when you don't, and it's true of low-budget films, too, that are modern uh, simplicity, when you don't really have everything you need available to you is probably the best bet. Cause, uh, yeah, play within your game. Like, we can't make... The Marvel movies with all this CG. Jax, Jesus, dude, can you lay down without bumping everything over? Um, like, we don't have, like, a massive CGI budget to, like, topple buildings. And if we tried, it would look super goofy and unbelievable. So but stay you wanted away to from, blow up a car. Well, I was legit about getting a car that we could blow up. I know how to make those two things happen. Mm. I just wanted to do it legally. Yeah. <laughs> And then Siri kicks back on. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's like we get a car from the fire department who's already torched the car to practice putting cars out. Smoke bomb in the hood. Or like the the dolls. um, To be fair, I'll admit we could have done a better job of it than we did. I'm not saying it's brilliant, but um, we had a limited budget and limited resources available and the chainsaw scene was the most highly praised scene by anyone that gave me like feedback on the film yeah and um it was beautifully shot with the lighting and everything yeah i mean we did it in kind of a basic way though like it was literally just a door wasn't on hinges (laughs) (laughs) it was on hinges it didn't have a handle to keep it shut we had to sandbag it shut because there was no actual handle to lock it into place yeah but it, it, we attached it on the other side. 
I don't think we did. We did. I think it was... Oh, yeah, because yeah. we had to cut it down to get mm-hmm. it to fit in. Yeah. That's right. But it wasn't... Like, literally, if you had put the chainsaw through it and pulled it back towards you, it would have opened up towards <laughs> you because it didn't have a, a door handle in it. Because we didn't think to buy one, and then we were there, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> got to work with what you got in the moment. <laughs> so we sandbagged it shut, and it was literally just one long take of me on one side of the door and you on the other side of the door. We didn't do multiple takes or anything fancy it was just like okay go we've only got one shot at this so we're gonna record until there's no door left (laughs) and um which i did because i couldn't hear anybody saying please quit cutting the door (laughs) yeah i yelled cut at you a couple of times um and then yeah just like was kind of choosy about the way we edited it together so it looked like the door you know slowly coming apart as the kids freaking out and um Again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It could have been way better, but we went very basic and very simple with it. And it was the one scene in the film that people were like, that was really cool. Yeah. So sometimes simple is better. I liked your bedroom scene right before that with the girls when they're like having to climb over the bed mm-hmm. and stuff. I thought you did a really good job with that. Thank you. Um, well, you're welcome. <laughs> uh I, nobody complained about it too much. I got like one person who was kind of like, hey, you didn't follow the rules there, but... Um, the rules? For the way you're supposed to shoot stuff. So... <laughs> uh, there are rules? Yeah, because this was a, a school project. Oh, at, you, at the school people yeah. were telling... I thought you meant like um, at the like online community. No. I was like, um, fuck your rules. That's why we took these jobs. <laughs> this is a school project, so we had to show them in class in um, the bedroom scene that Mm -hmm. you're talking about. There's a wide shot where one girl is sitting on the bed and the other girl runs in and drags her down to the ground and they're both hiding on one side of the bed together. And then when we switch to close-ups, there's a rule called the 180-degree rule that you're not supposed to break. So if you establish your shot um, from one side, there's an imaginary line going down like, like behind you like if you're staring in front into of you a room. Okay. um so i've tried to explain this to you once before on the podcast and it's really not effective without a visual aid <laughs> so um if i am brett and i are sitting at a small round table currently yeah. opposite each other so we're facing each other so if i was shooting your scenes uh if i took this table and split it down the middle and uh no, like this way. Okay. Uh, split it down the middle. If there was an imaginary line connecting me to Brett yeah. opposite us, if I shot all of Brett's scenes from the right side, I had I'm obligated to stay on Brett's right side at yeah. all times. I cannot move to Brett's left side because um, the way the camera views the world, it's two dimensional instead of three dimensional. So you would go from facing camera left. To facing camera right between mm-hmm. those two shots so it would look like on screen like you would just suddenly flip your body around yeah when i was talking to myself yeah. yeah so yeah it looks like you're having a conversation with yourself so i filmed or uh our dp destiny filmed um both of the girls on one side of the 180 mm-hmm. and you're not supposed to like i in theory, would shoot all of your shots from the right side and all of my shots from the left side. So on camera, we look like we're facing each yeah. other. 
and all, all of the girls' shots, because we were so cramped for space, were shot from one side of the 180, so they're both just facing, like, either camera left or camera mm-hmm. right. I can't remember which direction. So it looks like they're both having a conversation with the wall. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like... I like it, though, because it makes it almost more uncomfortable, yeah, because you're used to seeing it the other way around, and the wide shot is of them talking to each well, other. Well, yeah, that was what my professor said, because one of the students in class was kind of like, well, you, you broke the 180-degree rule. Both the girls are facing the same direction. And my professor was like... I didn't really care because there was a wide shot which establishes the space of the room and you know yeah. where the girls are sitting. So when you move to the close-up, you don't lose awareness of where they're sitting. Mm-hmm. So he was like, it only really matters if I don't have spatial awareness of the room. Yeah. So Like if it's uh, Pacino and De Niro in heat uh, when they're in the dining room. Like they have to keep it on one side of the table because there is no wide angle establishing yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he he did say that. He was like, I didn't care because there was a wide angle and you saw that first, so everybody saw what the room looked like, saw where the girls were sitting. So I was like, eh, like in a perfect world, I would have followed the 180 degree rule just because it does look more natural if they're facing each other instead of both facing one direction. But we didn't have a room. Yeah. So. <laughs> I broke a rule I wasn't supposed to break. No, I, I learn new things from you every day. All different kinds of rules. <laughs> I, tr- I tried once on the podcast to explain that, and I failed miserably, and that seemed so much easier just yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> you did it a lot better that time around. <laughs> I, was, I was like just trying to like air motion it the whole time last time. <laughs> Gotten better at podcasting. Maybe I'm more sober today. <laughs> uh, that was not a half as difficult as I thought it was going to no, be to explain. you made it out like it was going to be. I was like, no, I'm completely following you. Like, you're doing a damn good job. Uh, but yeah, simple is better to bring that back around <laughs> to the door. <laughs> if you don't have money, keep it simple. If you break a rule, establish. Break it with purpose. Yeah, break it with purpose or establish something that makes... It less confusing when you break it because I broke a rule. I, I I like breaking rules in writing because I'm a massive fan of the fragmentary sentence. And I remember um, they gave up more or less um, in my last semester at college because they knew exactly what the fuck was going to happen. I <laughs> wasn't changing it. Brett had no fucks to give. Zero fucks. Um, so I would write essays that were supposed to be like these boring ass like point counterpoint point 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 mm-hmm. and i would try to turn them into like these things that were fun to read and i would get like this doesn't look like a traditional essay and i was like well did you fucking enjoy it because <laughs> they're like you're breaking all these rules this is a fragmentary sentence you use way too many m, m dashes and i'm like I, I love the m dash i don't know what the fuck to tell you my guy i saw that picture you posted on facebook i think when we first started like being friends and yeah. stuff of your butchered paper because all your dashes. <laughs> that was pretty funny. What, what was the line? Because I love the line that was on that piece of paper that I used for it. I don't remember. What, what a, um, I just know you made a joke about a professor never being so mad at yeah, you. It's it it like an 11 page paper and like every single page you'd gone through and circled all my M every dashes. Yeah, just like three per page for 11 <laughs> pages, which is a lot. Like I'm not going to say it's not a lot. But I was experimenting with that in the semicolon, trying to play with these long sentences. And then so I would have these long 
in, in form, informational sentences, not informal. Um, in, like a lot <laughs> well, of, technically probably informal too because yeah. you weren't doing it. Like everybody else way. was like, Frank was born on July 8th, 1757 or whatever the fuck it was. And my paper would start out and be like, in 1757, the Idaho landscape was da 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 and that's where Frank was born. <laughs> and they'd be like, this is not a classic essay. I was like, well, how many fucking five-point bullshit things are you going to read before you're craving like a seven-page engrossing paper about how Frederick Douglass is one of the greatest people that ever lived? <laughs> is that still a thing they tried to push on you in college? Um, mm-hmm. Five-point essays? Well, not five points because they were a lot longer. But Oh, that's yeah. structured. Yeah. That's interesting. Like at a college it's like, level. You've got a thesis and you have a conclusion. And I was like, and I've got a migraine because you guys have been telling me this since the third fucking grade. So. Like at a college level, you'd think they'd want something less Yeah. obviously structured. Well, like, we'd have to write like a weekly paper on like utopian novels that we had to read that week. And I, I hated them because they had to be standard five-point essays. And so I try to write them from like, we read Le Guin's, um, fuck, it's gone. Le Guin's Utopia, I forgot it. She built her whole career off of it, so if you want to go look for it. But there was this uh, interesting thing that I caught in the book that nobody else in the class seemed to catch, which is that they had a, me- a, a mandatory military service. And so, like, everybody in the utopia had to disappear and go fight this war that was ever raging on the front, and then they would return scarred from that, but the utopia would heal their PTSD or whatever. And so I wrote from the point of view of one of these utopian guys having to go to the battlefront and viewing their utopia as a kind of dystopia because every six months or whatever he got filtered back out to go get his shit blown off and I wrote kind of from that character's perspective and my professor was like well that was an interesting paper Hmm. that was like it I was like I spent all night trying to deliver something you would enjoy reading and you can only give me a C is informal this you're not very good at writing down your references and it's like they're there i mean like if you just get rid of your bullshit ass style of fucking i hated that forever i don't think you like being told what to do on any level (laughs) i think that's what the issue is you don't like like these are the books these are the pages you figure out what fucking year the book i don't know i don't give a shit like I read it in this thing it's in the library if you doubt me go to the fucking library because it's there but like, I'm not going to direct quote, like, three sentences with a little, like, break in. I'm going to Did you blend everything. ever find any of that stuff useful? Even, like, when you were, like, younger, like, elementary school writing? Like, did you ever find the literal? Because, like, what you and I do is so different. Like, the technical yeah. information on how to do the job is kind of essential to me knowing how to do the job. And for creative writing, it's so much more... Like, independent thought? Um, Well, it's not so much thought. It's once you find your voice in writing, it's hard to break that voice. mm -hmm. Most people don't have a voice when they write. That's why most people aren't authors or writers or, you know, take that road at all. But even when you were, like, way younger, like, writing, did you, like, did that stuff still bother you or was it helpful? 
the the works cited page has always pissed me oh, off. But I don't think anybody ever liked works cited well, pages. Well, like I hated it as like a kid. They'd go, um, "Here's the book we're reading, and here's the point of view you need to have to read the book." And I remember like as a senior in high school, on like the fourteenth book that they made us read about the goddamn Holocaust, and <laughs> um, I purposely went out and I bought Mein Kampf. And I read Mein Kampf, and I wrote my final paper for that class where we'd done nothing but learn about the Jewish struggle, writing from Hitler's perspective. I was like, I'm not justifying what the man said. I'm not justifying what the man did. But here is how he viewed Germany in 1938 or whatever. Um, and what led to all these books that we've been reading. Like, I... I can only read, and then we got on a train and they killed my whole fucking family so many times before I start asking, well, why did he do that? And when I wrote my paper going, well, this is why it all kind of happened. <laughs> it's so weird. <coughs> Teachers got pissed off. It's weird if you really think about it, though, because, like, creative writing is a thing that comes from within like there's not really outside of like i guess formatting you know a book or formatting a screenplay or anything like that there's mm -hmm. not really any one specific way you have to do it or whatever and it, it is very much an individual thing and it was kind of like growing up whenever they would have you read you know, like Shakespeare's works or whatever, or, yeah. you know, specific things that everybody, great expectations, like specific things that everybody studies. I had great studies. expectations about Shakespeare, and I was disappointed <laughs> by both. <laughs> well, like everybody reads these very specific same yeah. books over and over and over and over again, and it, it, it felt almost like when we played Jeopardy, like mm -hmm. he would come into school the next day and the teacher already has the answers that yeah, she wants the, you to answer. So she's like, what's the theme? And what's the, you yeah. know... Because I'm 50 and you're 16. We probably have the same feelings about Romeo and Juliet. It's like, no, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we definitely took vastly different things away from it. But, like, you the... should let me have the way I feel about it. Yeah, the study of the work wasn't so much individual thought. It was yeah. like... Here are the answers. Let's see if you guys can produce them for yeah. me. When we ask you on the test what Macbeth's struggle with guilt was, you know, everybody's going to have a different take. Mm -hmm. You know, he killed somebody and then continues to kill people to cover up the fact. Give me the theme of Macbeth. You can't. <laughs> it's like 50. It's why we read Shakespeare. I hate him. I hate Shakespeare to death. And if I could find his corpse, I'd rape it. <laughs> but the stories were good and they were meant to bring apart thought but we're taught thought like we're taught what we're supposed to think is the right thing to think about mm -hmm. read a novel you're going to take a hundred things away from it things that I've built my life around you could read and hate and put down after the third chapter and vice versa like we beat kids over the head by making them read nonsense that they're either not ready to understand or don't give a fuck about and make them feel stupid for not giving a fuck about it, you know? Yeah. But if somebody would have handed me Cormac McCarthy when I was 16, instead of trying to beat Shakespeare into my brain, I probably would have tried to establish myself as a writer by the time I was 18. <laughs> Maybe not a waste of a decade. <laughs> then we wouldn't have met. I know. So... 
Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Blame public school system. Find the person you truly love and then rage against the fucking school system. That's kind of weird, though. Like how... I don't know why I'm on this kick right now. Um, it's the birthday episode. We're drinking beers. <laughs> I've only had one. I haven't even finished it yet. Uh, but like, because you and I kind of, what we do goes hand in hand. Like we're both telling stories and there has to be a writer for a film, period. So like, and you need a filmmaker to make your story a movie. So we kind of need each other. But how... You need STEM. That's what you need out the ass. You need the fucking sciences. Yeah, and it, but it's it's weird how different what you and I do is. Like you need Spanish. <laughs> God knows what fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but like how similar what we do is, but how incredibly different it is. Like always yeah. kind of blows me away because like people do try to like structure teaching English and writing and all that stuff in school for sure. So like creative writers get that too like people try to like beat this structure into you and then you know for my end literally just using the camera there is a science to the literal filmmaking so I do have to know that stuff but even just like color theory and like shots and angles and all that stuff like that they teach you this science to manipulating people's feelings and there are rules about these tricks that you use and it's almost like Instead of a storyteller, you're then, like, this magician trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. And, like, I know that they've done studies that have kind of, like, justified why we have these rules. But at the same time, it feels weird to be told rules and, like, groundwork that it's like, this is how you're supposed to do this. And if you follow this... It's important to know the rules just for day-to-day communications Mm -hmm. when you're an accountant. Um, <laughs> it's important. I you were being serious. <laughs> no, it's important to know the rules just for day to day communication. Um, and the artistic side is in breaking those rules and finding your voice. And you know, they they teach you how to draw in school or how to paint in school, but you're painting by the numbers. Like nobody's going to become a Van Gogh by doing exactly what they say. Those artistic kids that we all loved growing up were the kids that were breaking those little rules and creating something just a little bit different. But there's no time for that, I guess, in our current society. Like you, We need that. I think it would be fun to have half the class time to go okay and this is where you use your comments and this is how to spell the word vocabulary or some shit like that and then the second half being like well here's your journal pull it out of your backpack all right everybody got their journal for the next 30 minutes journal they do have i forget what they're called but they do have those schools where they give you um like Montessori Disney. school. Yes, thank you. I went to one as a kid. That's why my brain works like oh. this. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> but yeah, like designated time to kind of do only what you for like to. a year. It's not like I spent my whole life in Montessori, but yeah, when I was a kid, where at? In Florida, I think. I was like, they don't even have those yeah. in like the Middle Tennessee region, do they? There's one like right off base, and I used to go to it. And I don't know why I stopped going to it, but hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned uh, hooked on phonics before hooked on phonics was a thing. I learned how to read a lot younger than most people and deeply appreciated it. I am curious. Did nothing but positive things for me. <laughs> I was going to say, I am curious if that's a more effective way of learning. 
I felt a lot dumber going back to all the other schools because everybody else was like, multiplication tables. And I was like, we were just kind of painting pictures after Aww. lunch. <laughs> like I learned everything I needed, you know, while it was high energy and then we had nap time and mm. then, you know, then you'd go to a painting station or you'd go to a writing station or you'd go like watch a movie station and you couldn't do secondary stations. So like you couldn't do the same thing any two days in a row. So you might go learn about science. You might go do this other thing. I feel like it puts less pressure on the kids. It does. And you float towards the things that you have a natural inclination for, but you have to at least get the basics and everything else. But there's no reason for me, Brett Bloom, to need anything above eighth grade algebra but they definitely spent a good like rest of my life trying to beat the rest of that shit into me i've never needed an imaginary number ever how much math did you have to take in college uh eighth grade algebra it's mm-hmm. what i have a degree for because <laughs> i was like i had to do one yeah. basic math class in college but they didn't make me do any more than that but like all the sciences they make you do like which granted i get there's some chemistry science. biology like they make limited sense but like you could have given me a chem and bio one semester like for both of those courses like not individually but like a blend of like this is chemistry this is biology here's how a frog's penis works (laughs) well i don't mind them in high school like i'm not i'm not dismissing learning that stuff in high school but it like that's one thing that's always been baffling to me like i go to college i choose the career path that I want to take in college, I'm yeah. paying to be there, and then they're still forcing you to do gen ed classes. Like, I get if you're going in and you don't have a declared major and you kind of need some time to, like, yeah. but that's what the around. first like 18 years were for were to teach the general education, yeah. And, and that's how you get your GED, your general education. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and there are literal just art schools out there where they kind of focus more on, you know, whatever your degree is. But, like, for both of us, I'm assuming for you as well, like, the first two years were, like, sciences and maths and Englishes and, like, stuff that, like, wasn't at all related to what my actual degree was in. And to be fair, it took me, like, I, I did pretty much all of my gen eds and then took time off and then came back and knew what I wanted to do. So I guess it kind of took me those two years to learn what I, or to figure out what I wanted to study. But like, if I had gone into it knowing what I wanted to do, like I wouldn't have touched a camera until my third year of college. And that makes no sense. (laughs) Not at all. No, I wish they would have, um, like it should have been half writing classes and half, all right, go pick, you know, like you want to take, swimming or underwater basket weaving or you know painting like go take these other courses it shouldn't be as funneled when you're paying for it yeah where it's like okay well now you get to go learn about biology it's like i don't care i took geology in college and i'm like i don't like there's someone out there who cares about this stuff and is fascinated by this stuff fuck about rocks i like looking at them (laughs) to be fair i'm not discrediting geologists like that it's an important i only discredit accountants (laughs) (laughs) you know that's an important profession like studying like our earth and our atmosphere and like all the different things all the different scientists and stuff do but that wasn't what i went to college for so for me it was kind of like 
Why does this matter? <laughs> well, then I would go to an English class, which is what I went to college for, and there'd be like biologists in there going, I don't understand why I'm having to write papers. And I was like, you see how I feel every <laughs> fucking day for the past 18 goddamn years? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't And it, like if they either offered more stuff for you to study or just hacked off the gen eds it's like i either could have graduated in two years or gotten a much more in-depth understanding like the lighting and sound classes that i took were not anywhere near intense enough to learn properly lighting and sound um so i walked out of college with this very elementary understanding of a very important aspect of filmmaking and it's like i could have spent the first two years Doing this shit. Yeah, I could have not gone and learned more. I could have just dug into the internet. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Read a lot of books on my own accord. I would have skipped Shakespeare 1 and 2, and <laughs> I, I don't think it would have made me a worse writer. I don't think I'm a better writer for having read everything Shakespeare ever wrote. <laughs> the Spanish will forever be what cracks me up the yeah, most. Yeah, it though. doesn't make any fucking they sense. Were like, you, I didn't even have to take a foreign language at all. I did it for all. three or four years because I did two in high school and three in college. So yeah, five years of Spanish. I can't read the menu at a Mexican restaurant. It's in English. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck taco means. Get the fuck out of here with taco. <laughs> I didn't take a foreign language at all, so that will forever crack me up that they made you do that much. I was like, why? And it's like, because then you'll learn, like, the romantic languages, and it'll help your vocabulary. And it's like, I read, like, so many books. Like, you cannot understand how many books I've read. I'm not dumb. I just look like this. Aw, you don't, <laughs> don't look dumb. Oh, God. But, ready to go celebrate your birthday? Ready to take a nap, honestly. I'm tired. It's a long weekend. Don't need a nap. You're only like two hours away from bedtime. <laughs> 31, I'm old now. <laughs> Get you in the senior citizen home. I'm going to go buy you a walker at Goodwill. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you guys got any ideas for like any series, shows that you want us to do like deep dives on or an individual director, um, you can shoot us an email, finally, somebody, anybody. I'll send you a book for goddamn free. You write me an email, and that email is... Nightmareboxproductions at gmail. Or you can swing on over to Instagram. You can take pictures of the cover if you're too lazy to send us an email, and that Instagram would be... <laughs> at Nightmareboxproductions. Switch on over to Twitter. You could try to break it down into tiny plot lines. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, that would be at Nightmareboxpro. Uh, you can swing on over to YouTube. You can watch The Dolls, which we talked about earlier, um, at youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you can go on over to the website. The same film's in the top right-hand corner. My book's in the bottom right-hand corner, and the website is... And there are short stories, too. Uh, TheNightmareBox.blog. Did I get everything? I believe so. Fuck yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Kristen Pennington. Happy birthday to you <laughs> and Betty Ball. Thank you. Love you. I love you more. I love you guys. Talk to you next week.